Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Uh, yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends. And you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Talk sports, uh, yes we do. Talk sports, uh, it's for you. Play and pay and we spit it every day. And we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a great sports Friday. Oof, in November. Give us a call, 718-664-9098, like always, rayandtaytoday.com. Tweet at us at Ray and Tay today. Just so you know, in case you're a new listener, R A E. A-N-D-T-A-Y-T-O-D-A-Y. And, uh, of course, Instagram, Twitter, iTunes. We're everywhere. Facebook, YouTube. We got you covered. Ray, so much. Wrap up the World Series. The top 25 rankings finally came out. Hoops, football, college picks. I mean, you know, we, we got it. So let's get into it. Chicago Cubs, 1908, no longer. Ben Zubris, the MVP. You're happy for Chicago. Can we talk about Ben? Ben won last year with Kansas City. Back to back with Kansas City. But wait, wait. I want to set up the emotions, man, because you spent some time out there. I went to visit you out there in Shaila, you know, the little B school out there. And just, just tell people, because we're not even Cub fans, but just living in that city for the time that you did, just what the joy, the tears, the emotions must really be, because 10 innings, 8-7, 3-1 comeback, they win 4-3, which Tay predicted, but it was amazing. And I still think they won, and Madden made mistakes, but tell us what you think is going on the parade today we saw it how do you feel as a kind of a chicagoan <laughs> you know it's very emotional for these guys there's generations of people and we talked about this with al trotwig a little bit yeah. people just were resigned to the fact that they were the lovable losers and they would find a way to lose whether it's bartman or whether it's you know, whatever, losing in the, you know, not even making the playoffs or making the playoffs and losing early. But just Chicago had this, this really this weight, you know, this monkey on their back. 
And it was just such a relief. It must be such a relief for lifelong Chicago fans. I mean, we're baseball fans. We're not lifelong Chicago fans. But just right. to see them win one and just finally, finally be done with this. Not only that, but they can honestly say that for the next five years, they're probably the favorite to win it every year. Now, it's hard. The Yankees won four out of five. The uh, San Francisco Giants won three out of six. And I guess the Cardinals have won two in five years. So there are some teams that have been, you know, quasi-dynasty. So it's not impossible. But from a team that's never won anything, barely even qualified for the playoffs, hasn't been to the World Series since 1947, not only do they win it all, but now they're the favorite. They're, they're like, you know, everybody's gunning for the Chicago Cubs. They won 103 games. No reason why they can't win 100 games. Well, let's, let's set the table, though, right, because – Theo, the great GM that he is and, and sort of ending two dynasties, instant Hall of Famer, they've got to go to work next week for the GM meetings. And Dexter Fowler and Araldus Chapman both will get and want a lot of money. I don't think they can keep both. I say you keep Chapman. They're going to have to find a good leadoff hitter out there. And to me, Chapman proved his weight, you know, his worth his weight in gold, right, for Madden, who obviously he only relied on him and Montgomery. Montgomery might wind up, you know, from the Mariners, could get Dave Sims on again and, and talk to him about it. He might wind up going into the starting rotation. They have Hamels, who didn't even make this uh, roster for the postseason for starting. So I don't know if you know of anybody offhand that you would think, how would they replace, replace Dexter Fowler, who's kind of clutch and kind of important, I mean, who do you think? You know they're what? They won this World Series. Their infield is amazing. So yes. you got Rizzo, Baez, Addy Russell, and Chris Bryant. And Bryant. And that's yeah. that's the best infield in baseball. Their outfield was nothing in particular. Uh, and they got Montero because Ross will retire, a catcher. Yeah, Ross going to retire, so Montero's going to be there. But in the outfield, they got nothing from Gordon Hayward. They paid him because all the cybermetric guys Jason, loved, that, Jason. loved him. Jason Hayward. <laughs> Jason Hayward came from Cincinnati. Although he inspired them in the rain delay, and he had a clutch, clutch catch. Don't say he didn't do nothing because he got a big, well, big clutch. For, and for he had a hit. For $23 I, I know, a I year, know. he did nothing. So all the cybermetric guys were in love with Jason Hayward, and he did nothing. So this is what I'm saying. They won in But he can only get better. He's not going to play worse than he did this season. I think no, he's going to get better. No, he plays defense, and, yeah. and he runs. And by the way, can I just say that in Game 7, this is why, for all you kids out there, details in all sports, and particularly in baseball. Think about what happened in baseball where in the top of the 10th, Kyle Schwarber, who was the man, and they and they got here without Schwarber. Think about it. They they add Schwarber even if they lose Fowler. I think they could just they could get anybody in center. They could Rajai Davis in center field. They'll be fine. Uh, but but think about this. Schwarber gets the hit. They pinch run for him with Almora, and Almora steals second, and that basically opened up the floodgates. It's like Dave Roberts against Mariano in 2004. Base running causes problems. And him stealing, uh, not him not stealing second, but sorry, him advancing on a sack fly to center field 
was huge because then they and, had to walk the next guy behind him. Then and then right. Ben Zobris had that opposite field double. So moving uh, runners. And, but and let me ask you a weird question: What's so wrong with Lester? Like people don't talk about his quirks enough. I mean, it's almost like he's such a good pitcher that they people deal with all those weird idiosyncrasies about not throwing over, not fielding stuff. He throws the glove over to first base. Like, has he been diagnosed with something? Like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> no, no, I'm I serious. Know. I mean, he's got issues, right? It's past quirks. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, he's a cancer survivor and everything, so maybe they're like, they don't want to be too tough on the guy. I, I don't know. It's a good question. I have no I idea. I mean, you, you think it's weird, don't you? I mean, it's it's extremely bizarre that he can't do all these things. It, it really is. And and the the basic thing, and you're taught this as a, as a high school pitcher, is to throw over to first base, and especially as a lefty. You see the runner. Well, Cody Ross, you saw Cody Ross had to come out because he can't field bunts. Because he can't really throw to first. I mean, I mean, it's it's really, it, in some ways, if he wasn't good enough, he'd be a liability. Yeah. No, you're so right. That, you're it's right. just fascinating. It's fascinating. So we tip our hats to the Cubs. We'll talk about free agency in the next coming weeks and the postseason awards because all that's coming up and, you know, Hall of Fame talk. So baseball – Thank you. And a 25 rating, the NBA Finals Game 7 had 18, so that tells you, you know, baseball playoffs. And, and I think also it's Cleveland, Chicago, and all that history helped it. But sure. they had some great ratings. Even a 17-minute rain delay, the ratings dipped a little. Not everybody came back, but still, over, overall. Did you hear? It was a 51 rating in Chicago and a 71 share. So all the televisions that were on, 71% of them were watching. That's the largest ever locally. That's insane, Ray. That is crazy. Fox Fox is to Chicago, man. Fox is loving it right now. And people, I heard people trying to say things about Buck and Smoltz. They were fantastic. Oh, Oh, I hate sometimes. No, no, just different criticism. You know, Smoltz was great. Buck was great. Sometimes they were like, oh, uh, um, Buck was saying, you know, too much enthusiasm when he was saying the Cubs made a great play. I'm like, what? I don't know. You know how people, they, oh, they're they going to criticize, you know, yeah, God could be announcing the game. Yeah, was and crotchety, and now yeah. who knew it all? No, I think and Buck is Smoltz, fantastic. Buck, no, no, yeah. but I'm just saying, and then Smoltz yeah, no. is, is to this, and Buck is to that. Like, people just, nobody can just sit back. I guess to, to compliment somebody is not newsworthy. It's like, oh, they did a good job. They called a good game. It was interesting. It was exciting. They added color to the game. But nobody will say that. They're going to say that the things that are negative because it gets more attention. Totally. totally. I, I got to say, I thought Smoltz was really good. I was, I was impressed. And, you know, and I love the post-game guys. We've talked about that before. But Pete Rose and, and, and Frank and A-Rod, they, they were, they're all great. So let's get to the NBA. Last night, we got a little early season treat, right? So when football is still going and college football and college basketball will start November 11th, we got some games. But, you know, the NBA, they have to sprinkle in little moments until Christmas when they kind of like take things over, right? And last night there was a moment, and I think it was fantastic with all of the free agency with Durant leaving and Russell and the Instagram of the cupcakes and the back and forth and we're brothers and you left me because of this and I left you because of that. You saw the easiest six for seven, 29 points at halftime for Durant, an easy 39. When I went to sleep, it was 103.74. 
they win what like one twenty two ninety six. I felt, and I want to ask you, OKC will probably play better, you know, maybe when they play them at home. But it, it, it's just clear this team has a shot. They could go seventy-five and seven. Only the Clippers, Spurs, and Cavs on a nightly basis could challenge them. And yeah, they'll, they'll get tired. They'll lose games. And Zaza and West are not always shot blockers and big enough. And he played good last night, Zaza. But Ray, this team is scary good. Scary. It, it's scary. And 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 I just want to ask you. Do they have to make a move, or could JaVale McGee be the shot blocker? Could West and Zaza be enough? Or do they just stand pat, wait to the trade deadline, see how they're doing, and see if they can find somebody, or maybe they get lucky and get a Brooke Lopez from the Nets? Or I mean, what do you think? What's your gut feeling with this team as you look at it now at, what, 4-1 and one or whatever? So they're the same as last year, except better, obviously, in terms of Kevin Durant. But Andrew Bogut is a big deal. When Andrew Bogut was in the game, and Festus Azili a little bit less, but when those two were in the game, there was some rim protection. And as much as these guys are really excellent on offense and really excellent perimeter defenders, there is something to be said for you get beat and you got that layer of defense behind you. So I do believe that they have to go get themselves a shot blocker. Look, can they win a championship with the current configuration? Yes. But if you want to put yourself in a better position to win, it would be nice to have one guy on the roster that can do something that nobody else can do, and that's block a shot and protect the rim. Because if you think about it, if they put their best players out there, right, it's basically Draymond Green at center, I guess. <laughs> uh, and Iguodala at the three, yeah. Kevin Durant at the four, Iguodala at the three, and then the Splash Brothers in the backcourt. So yeah. the problem is they're Which can work for a while in a game and a lot of nights. It can, work, it can work, but yeah. you know what? For a while, yeah. If you're playing Cleveland and you've got Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and, and – uh, LeBron yeah. James hitting the board. You need David West to play. <laughs> You'd like somebody a little bit bigger, a little bit beefier to protect the boards. And if you got Kyrie Irving or LeBron going to the rim, <laughs> or, you know, you'd like somebody to, to change the shot, to make them force it and make J.R. Smith have to shoot a 20-footer to win the game. You know what I mean? You'd like to trade for Bogut. You'd like to trade for Bogut. Yeah, get, get him to trade for right. Bogut back. But, no, I, I really do think that it's beautiful a glaring basketball. weakness. No, it's Did you feel sorry for Russell at any moment, though? I, I mean, do. he's so talented, and, and he's, he's so you know alone, though. And I told you this, too. We were texting. Yeah. He's doing too much already. It's four or five games into this. He's doing too much. It's like every night is just brutal. As long as he's winning, but still, it's it's these are not easy triple doubles. You know what I mean? Like if if you're if you're Wilt Chamberlain, you're getting easy triple doubles because you're playing with your back to the basket. Maybe people are fouling you, but but Russell Westbrook is is working. He's 6-3. He's getting banged around. He's grabbing those rebounds. He's going coast to coast. He's finding his teammates. He's getting to the free throw line. He's getting fouled. It, it, those are 
He's taking a beating. Those and last night was his tough. worst game in the five games, and only his second game not having a triple-double out of the five games. I think he only had like 26 right, he still and 10. still scored 20 on 15. Yeah, balls, and he still has a double-double. So, wait, before we get to the, the, a bigger question about the team from 33rd and 7th, there's only one team in the NBA undefeated. It's still the Cavs. You have the Wizards, Sixers, Mavericks, and Pelicans who have not won a game yet. And, you know, I don't have Showtime, but the Ben Simmons uh, one-and-done documentary is coming on Showtime. Some controversy about that should be interesting. And, you know, we've had uh, some excitement from Philly, even though they haven't won with seeing Embiid playing okay or whatever, and they already made that trade with Jerry Grant, Jalen Grant, who you saw, uh, what, he dunked on Durant last night or whatever. But the Wizards, the Mavericks, it's early. You know the Pelicans are injured. They're not going to do much, and we feel sorry for Anthony Davis. But teams like the Wizards and Mavericks that are thought of as, you know, potentially anywhere from seven to ten seeds in their conference, Mavericks have old roster, older roster, right? With Dirk, they're not going to ever trade him. But the Wizards, it's it's weird. Is it something where they – they just have to be healthy and play good and be patient or not to panic, but is it a roster issue where it's not going to work and maybe they need to move a player, a Bradley Beal, a, you know, I don't know if you could trade John Wall, but do you know what I mean? Like it's a weird feeling. It's not a good start. And I just wonder, is it not the roster to even go 82 games with? Do you know what I mean? You know, I'm starting to get very frustrated and and lose my hope for Washington Wizards fans. I think they need to they might need to blow it up. I, and I hate to say it because you love their young, they're so young. If, if Porter and Beal and Wall could stick together like the Golden State guys, and they could get a few big men to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I, mean, I got Morris you know, who's okay. The four. Yeah, but and he's young too. But uh, Marcin Gortat, you know, he's he's probably on the downside of his career, and, and they need some oomph in the front court. But you, you got to think this team's underachieving. I mean, they and they're gonna have a lot of money tied up in Beal and Wall, so they better start to deliver, you know, or else they'll be strapped with that with that financial burden of that backcourt and, and not go anywhere. And there's already rumors of them not liking to, you know, liking each other but not liking to play with each other. I'm like, what's that about? That's weird. So let me ask you this. Kudos out there on Twitter. What We're seeing tonight the homecoming. They're going to honor on the big screen Rose and Noah. Derek is from Chicago. You know, Noah loved playing there. And our Knicks are kind of struggling at one and three. And I kind of threw out there, you know, what's wrong with them? Do they, you know, need to trade Melo? Do they need more shooters? Is it the defense just needs more time to gel because, you know, Noah and Rose were away and, and, and training camp for health and then lawyer issues? Do they, you know, I, I wonder, should, you know, Porzingis, and I said this when Al was on the show, I like him almost better as a six-man coming off the bench. Let him and Jennings you know, be the think? leaders of that second unit. Second unit. You know, or should they not even do this triangle? What What do you think it is? Like, can can Nick fans be patient, or are we just too slow? It doesn't look good. One and three, but it's not a happy one and three. 
Not that one of three should ever be happy, but I don't know. What's your thought about it? Because if they lose bad tonight in Chicago and we get scraped by Butler and Wade and Rondo and Miratek and, you know, Gibson's dunking on Noah, Knicks fans are going to be irate tomorrow morning. Knicks fans need to be irate because something is missing, and I don't think it's a personnel issue. So i got to say from Phil Jackson's perspective – he put a decent squad on the on the court, you know, Rose and, and uh, the, the additions of Rose, Noah, and Courtney Lee only upgraded the team. And I, I know you had fillings for, uh, you know, for some of the players that were let go, but, uh, you know, like Langston Galloway. I know you had some fillings for him. I know you had fillings for him. But you got to figure, those are positive additions to Carmelo and Porzingis. So starting five-wise and – Roster right now. The Knicks bench is terrible. It's it's probably one of the I don't know five worst in the league. So we really have nothing coming off That's the bench. That's why I'm saying Porzingis off the bench might be the wise move. Maybe, maybe. And the cool thing with Porzingis off the bench is he can play a couple positions. Melo can play the three or the four. You know, we've got versatile guys. Thomas can play a couple positions. Courtney Lee, you know, maybe can can play a little bit of small ball, you know, small forward. So maybe, maybe. I mean, it's a it's it's a viable. But let's say if you don't make a roster move, who do you start at the four? Right? I mean, are you starting? Thomas at the four? Like, who's your four? And, um, and that's just for the sake of bringing Porzingis off the bench? But, I mean, I yeah, like it. or maybe really fun. Hernan Gomez. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? To me, I think even if it's Kylo Quinn or, you you know, you go smaller and then you, and you go with Thomas, I just think, to me, if I have Porzingis and Jennings come in and then let's say you can take out Rose and Noah – you could take out Lee and, you know, you know, the other four that you start, if it's O'Quinn or whatever. You know, I want to see Porzingis play a little bit of five, not just the four, but I also, like I said to Al, I, he needs five minutes a night when Melo's resting. He needs to be on that floor, the number one option scorer, because he needs more shots. And Porzingis will naturally defer to Rose and Melo. Do you know what I mean? Because he's young and he looks up to these guys, and I understand it. But he is the one that can change us and make us become a budding – he can be the budding star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Our boy Peter Vesey uh, retweeted the show. I like that. I hope Pete's out there listening. Shout out to Pete, Peter Vesey, friend of the show and a legend. But, you know, Ray, I'd like to hear what Vesey thinks about, uh, you know, this Nick team. But I just it's just one of those things I wanted to ask you because I just – I'm I'm getting a little getting a little edgy, you know, and and I think maybe the defense just needs time, you know, it just needs time. But I, I really think that um, tonight we'll get some more answers, you know. So before we leave the NBA, let me let me ask you this: Is there a team that you early on were ho- having more hopes for that you're just kind of like? You know, and maybe it's Washington, but is there a team that you're just kind of like, uh, this is not going to be their year, I'm sorry? Well, the East is totally up for grabs, right? right. And, so and there's nobody out grabs. there. I mean, the Pacers are 2-3. and three. We both thought the Pacers would be better. Um, the Wizards, you got to figure, that they're, they're killing me. Um, the Dallas Mavericks. You know, Minnesota's young. So, They're struggling. 
you got to figure yeah, that they're already struggling. getting in their butts. I thought they could make the playoffs. Uh, the Blazers are two and three, um, but the Dallas Mavericks are zero and four. And what's going to change, right? You, you know who Darren Williams is at this stage of his career. You know who Dirk Nowitzki is at this stage of his career. Um, Mark, or, you know, West Matthews. He's, I mean, he's going to, yeah, I think, you know what it is? It's a, it's a weird team, and they're kind of individual players. I don't know if they gel as a unit. And I like Bogut and Barnes coming over there, but I don't like Matthews and Williams, that backcourt. And a lot of times they're putting Williams at the two and letting J.J. Barea. And Barea's a liability defensively. He's a nice spark plug offensively off the bench. But you're right. And, and let's just be honest, Dirk, as good as he is still offensively, he doesn't. He can't really play defense. It's hard for him to move. So the Mavericks, I think defensively, they're not a great, you know, as West and Matthews. The problem is in that where he was every yeah, the West night is, is just so tough. Especially when and the Kings and Lakers are looking better. <laughs> it's not so much the Suns in Minnesota right now, but Kings and Lakers are looking like they're they're going to play some serious ball every night, you know, at least effort wise. So, and the Nuggets. How about the Nuggets? The playoffs ended today. Wow. I mean, it's only I'm telling two, you, but how about the Nuggets? <laughs> How about the Nuggets? So let's get the football, man. What 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 happened last night? Not even what happened. The best thing for Tampa was those jerseys. But can anybody stay healthy? And can Winston and Mike Evans get some help? They now they went through four running backs, right? So it was uh, your boy Doug Martin, then Sid, Charles Sims, then uh, you know the, the next guy gets hurt. Uh, Jacquez got hurt. Now they're going to, you know, Antoine, whatever, he, Antoine Smith they picked up. He got hurt. I mean, they're on their fifth and sixth running back. You feel bad. It's such a brutal position. I, I'll take. I'll say this. Mike Evans showed me that he is in that top five to eight with best wide receivers. He's, he's, the, he's in that next, you know, we got to talk about him with Dez and A.J. and Antonio and Julio. Mike Evans is a monster. And he goal line, he, he's leading the league in touchdowns. He's got, I think, nine on the season. He had two last night. And then Matt Ryan is a legitimate, legitimate MVP. And Dan Quinn is coaching up that young defense that he's drafted, O'Neal and, and, and um, Beasley, and these guys are starting to come into place. And I think the Falcons are going to be, when Tevin Coleman comes back and they're healthy again and Tammy's healthy, they're going to be a legitimate, you know, AFC South division winner, NFC South, and a, a, a team that can win that can win this year in the playoffs. Do, do you feel yeah. the same way? Were you impressed with them? What are your thoughts about the Falcons? You know what? I'm, I'm getting more and more impressed. Just like last year I called them out for being – illegitimate this year mid-season right and, and they tanked this season not only are they legitimate i mean their d still has some has some holes in them but because of the again i go back to the neighborhood because of the neighborhood they're in their division is terrible and the saints can still score but they're not a really you know legit team so you got to figure the carolina panthers dug themselves so deep of a hole that they're, you know, going to struggle just to get back into the playoffs, uh, you know, competing for a wild card. So it's really there. And in Tampa, they just smashed Tampa last night. So 
it's it's really their division to run away with. They might win it by two or three games. So you got to figure at this point they are probably. I'm trying to think. Maybe the Patriots, I guess. But but those two teams are. You know, every other division is competitive, but you got to figure those two are, are, are right now the runaway. You know, runaway champs. Minnesota's got a lot of question marks, even though Green Bay hasn't been playing that well. But you can't say Minnesota's running away with their division. Dallas is on top, but they're they're you know they've got. Well, let's talk about it. No more North Turner. Does that? How do you think that goes for them for the rest of the season with his resignation? Does fourth offensive coordinator to leave in nine games? uh, It's uh, it's weird. Yeah. Season. I mean, and you know what? Offensive football is not easy to just change the coordinator and and just come on in and and try. Well, how about to... Sam Bradford? You got to feel for this guy at some point. I mean, this is like his. Well, he had six... Pat Shermer as 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 his guy in a yeah. couple of stops in Philly and, and in St. Over, Louis. So. so it's not right. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like you or I are calling plays for him and being like Sammy. You know, take care of business. But their uh, issue is the offensive line, them. though. Could you call some plays? Could you call some plays for I Sam? Call some plays. Double X Y Z Jet. You know, give me a little something. You're right, though. You're right. It's the offensive line. And I guess it's just one of those things where in the NFL, there might only be five teams that have a decent to good offensive line. Cowboys, Raiders, Steelers. You know what? I uh, I heard your boy, Louis uh, Riddick, saying something. Oh, he's the best. We got to get Louis. He was very insightful. You know, he said two things that I think are fundamentally well not only are they true, but I think they're fundamentally, you know, irreversible, uh, at least in the short run, is that Oh, the new practice. Well, the athletes on the defensive side of the football are just unbelievable. And these guys <laughs> are not playing offensive tackle. Right? You know, Michael Orr watched the movie, he was a basketball player, he was this, he was that. But ultimately your best player especially for the big man, the big fella, he's not playing offensive tackle. He's playing defensive line because that's where the money is, the glory, even though the left tackles were, were getting a lot of money for a while and you had and you had Joe Cool and you had Lane Johnson, you had all these guys getting drafted, you know, top five. Some of them have, have fizzled, though. Uh, so oh, that's gosh. number one is that these guys are just not as talented and not as physically gifted on the offensive side of the football, which means that they need practice time. They need repetitions. They need to work as a team. They need to work out. And with the collective bargaining agreement the way it is, they're not getting enough snaps. They're not getting enough reps. They're not getting so enough So how come more OCs, Ray, don't do what Brady does? Get rid of it quicker. You know, Breeze does it. Uh, you know, you know Philip Rivers you know holds why? on to it too long. It's hard but to Cam teach Newton's getting killed. The Panthers' offense needs to change. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. If you are a 50- or 60-year-old man and you have an offensive philosophy that was – first of all, the game is changing. Is more speed on the outside. It's more wide open. But you have fundamentals that you believe in that you've – coached for 20, 30 years, and now people are telling you, well, get rid of the football quickly. Go to your you know, second and third. Go to your hot receivers faster. Go up the middle. Play two tight ends. You're like, wait a minute. I, I, I never subscribed to any of this in the first place. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it takes a new breed of offensive coordinator, and maybe, ha-ha, everybody's joking, but maybe these college guys 
are going to have to get a shot in the pros and maybe change things around, especially on offense, because these offensive linemen are getting killed. These defensive linemen are so much better than they are, and they're able to – And that's with all the rules favoring the offense, right? That's the irony of it, right? The, the, well, it the favors game... the offense at the skill position, but not right, right, so but much I'm saying the, the game of safety now I'm, – I'm just saying in general, though, it's ironic with the game of safety favoring the offense so much, yet the defense – not that they have an advantage more than ever, but they seem to are you know be athletically so far ahead of the offense in terms of what's getting done more in the trenches. It's definitely you know it's fascinating. It's we'll see what happens, man. So listen, we got some guys. We we'll get to these picks. We got some big. Uh, so Spencer Ware's out. We don't know about McCoy. Delaney Walker got hurt in practice, so he's a game time decision. You know, there's six Looks teams like on a bye. This from last night was out. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, so, for all you fantasy guys out there, uh, six guys, brutal. and there are some important teams on <laughs> bye this important, meaning, you know, popular teams. Fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy-wise, right? I mean, just check this out. you got Chicago on bye. you got Cincinnati on bye. So, so that's for your receiving guy. You've got Houston on bye. You've got Arizona on bye. You've got so that means Jordan Reed Washington's on bye. Washington New England's Patriots. on bye. Uh, so you've brutal. got Julian Edelman and you've got Jordan Reed and you've got DeAndre Gronk. Hopkins and you've got Gronk and you've got AJ Green and you've got Alshon <laughs> Jeffries. You've got Larry Fitzgerald. You've got the Brown brothers. <laughs> In, David Johnson in Arizona, it's a you lot. got oh man, <laughs> it's wow. a lot. You're, and if you God wire. forbid somebody's either injured or questionable, and you're like, I don't know if they're gonna play. And you're like, oh my God, you gotta pick up somebody just in case Sunday morning. They're like, oh, they're out. You're like, what? I don't have a, I don't have a player to play. So. All right, let's 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 get to some picks. Let's start with, we already know your Cowboys are going to smack up the Browns. They're saying that Romo, though, might be uh, activated, not this week, but maybe the Steeler game as the second quarterback. So that's something to uh, look into. Oh, I got a call from Tony <laughs> Rome. Let's start in Minnesota without their OC. The Vikings are, you know, six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Lions. I... I Maybe it's dropped to six, but, Ray, that that's pretty high from my blood. I don't even know if the Vikings can win this game. No no McKinnon, tons of injuries. I don't know if Sam Bradford will be fine with the OC chains. I know he's been with your boy Shermer, but I just like the Lions' energy and what they've been doing. And I think just because of the home field and the crowd, I'll take the Vikings to win, but the Lions will definitely cover, and I'll take the Vikings 24-23. Diggs is their only offensive, you know, generator. He's their Yoda right now. He's their Jedi. He'll be the fantasy stud and the difference maker. Vikings win a close one, 24-23. The Vikings take me out with the fader. You know what? The Vikings are soft. Their offensive line is soft. I'm not sure where they're getting offense from. And if Detroit can put up some points, now this is still a a pretty good. Defense Vegas defense still good. Senior respect, (laughs) Marvin Jones. Senior. My fault. Detroit Lions (laughs) win the game. They go in there and they take care of business, give Washington three straight noogies in the head. So I'm taking 
upset special of the week. My first game, Detroit Lions, because Washington. Detroit uh, basketball. Minnesota can't score enough if the Lions get rolling. So I'm going to say Matt Stafford with 350 yards and a couple of touchdowns to Marvin Jones Sr. I feel like when you say it, like it should be Marvin Jones the third. <laughs> oh, man, I like Marvin Jones Sr. too, man. He's uh, – I wish I had him on my fantasy team. So, okay, next game – well, oh, another thing we got to mention, we're not going to pick this game, but, Ray, Nick Foles is starting. And I got a prediction. Just like Kaepernick, Nick Foles is not going to give back this job to Alex Smith because he's going to get the ball down the field to Jeremy Macklin and Travis Kelsey and this offense with Charkandrick West really? and not Spencer Ware. Yeah, that? yeah. The Nick same Foles, Nick Foles that couldn't start in St. Louis? They're going to be Jacksonville like 31-20 or 31-21. It's going to be some, uh, you know, Blake Bortles always gets the yards, but I think Nick Foles is going to light it up, and they're going to really have a debate, a national barbecue debate in Kansas City if Foles should uh, take over for Alex Smith. Alex doesn't make them explosive. You've got Macklin and Kelsey, and he doesn't get them the rock. Huge weapons that can go down the field. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about this AFC rivalry game. Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins favored by three and a half. I'm going to let you stab at this one first. What you got? Oh, my heart says... <laughs> You sound stressed. <laughs> I'm stressed about this one, man. I'm stressed about Jay Ajayi. Did we get another 200? Landry. Uh, if the Jets can stop on. the run, nah, I can't drop two hundies yeah, on, on, on the big fellas well, the Jets are putting out there. Don't, you know? don't do that. Well, don't, 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 yeah. don't drop 200 on the Jets. No, no, you can't do that. Um, okay. You know what? I, I'm going to go with my heart a little bit, and I'm going to say the Jets travel to Miami and win the game. I'll say it comes down to Ryan Fitzpatrick and how many interceptions he does or does not throw because if the Jets don't give the game away, I believe the Jets have the ability in Nunwa and Matt Forte to – matriculate the ball down the field, and I think they can stop Miami. I think Miami will get frustrated, and maybe Ryan Tannehill will throw some interceptions because he'll be trying to force the ball a little bit to, to Jarvis Landry. Kenny Stills and Landry Kenny Deep. Stills, yeah. So I like the Jets. In a close game, but I'll say the Jets 23-20. You know, I totally agree with you, man. I think, you know, I think the Jets – it's Patrick. They'll probably triple team Marshall, and, and Quincy should have a huge game. But I think it's time that they kind of, you know, smell themselves and show that, you know, they they actually do have some talent. They're not as bad as they as they as they've looked, and just the different issues. And I think Blau Pow gets down against. Blah gets in the end zone, and I think Q has about sixty for seventy-five yards and a touchdown. So I got the Jets. They'll cover that spread, and they're going to win. I'll say 26-24 over Dolphins. Now to the NFC East rivalry game. We got the Eagles at the New York Football Giants. Giants favored by two and a half. 
Look, the Eagles normally play pretty decent in MetLife or the Meadowlands, and but there's no Herman Edwards, there's no Deshaun Jackson, there's no more miracles, and I think young Carson Wentz could have a good game, but they just lost Huff, right? You know, after all the whatever, you know, him getting arrested and the I don't know what kind of guns, but pellet, I don't know, whatever was going on with that. But that kid was talented. So they have less talent. Doyle Green Beckham and Matthews and Aguilar and, and other Matthews, it's, it's not enough. And I think the Giants can outscore them. So I think Wentz does good, but the Giants, they get Jennings going a little bit, a little bit of Beckham. Maybe we'll see some Shepard going. And I'll say Eli doesn't throw an INT, and the Giants win. How about 27-23? Go Giants, go. I'm going to take the other side. I'll say the Philadelphia Eagles' defense has actually been, for the most part, in their seven games pretty darn good. And I think they're holding teams to under 17 a game. The Giants Mm -hmm. are little Mr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, when they're on, (laughs) they look good, but they can easily be shut down, a little too easily for my my liking. Now, the running game is picking up a little bit, but you know what? I still think they're about a week or two away from hitting full stride. So I actually like the Iggies in this game. I think the Iggies find a way. Maybe Zach Ertz wakes up, recalls that he's actually a pretty decent player, uh, but in the meantime, you know, they're piecing it together with Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar. They're not quite, you know, the, the, the primetime studs. But between Darren Sproles, the special teams, Ryan Matthews, and a pretty decent Carson Wentz, I think they do just enough, and the defense holds on. And they win, I'll say, 24-23. Very close game. Hmm. Well, the only reason why I want to pick this game is because it's my Steelers. But it's also Big Ben, and it's a rivalry game, and we love those. AFC North, Steelers at Ravens, half a point. It looks like Big Ben's going to go. I think they would win even if Landry goes. I don't like this Ravens team, but I'll say Steve Smith is back, and you got to watch out for old man strength. But I don't. I think both these teams are coming off of bad losing streaks, and I think you'll get some – it's always a tough game with these guys, right? And so I think Ben, at the end of the day, he'll start to get it going. And I think Bell and Brown and just the speed on the outside, and my man Cameron Hayward is back, and that's the difference to getting the Flacco. So I think the Steelers will win a little bit of a back-and-forth battle. I say 23-16 and uh, Antonio gets to the end zone because Ben will get him there. I think it's going to be more extreme than that. Baltimore is really not that good. They're three and four, but to me, the Steelers at four and three—they're disappointing. But I think they bounce back. I think off the bye week, they stretch, they flex. Le'Veon Bell has another week to get healthy, get ready, get mentally back to where he was last year. Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, they're still humming that week off may have, you know, uh, may have helped Ben get a little healthy. 
Joe Flacco's moving the ball. So 20 to 20, he's doing great. Uh, but they have trouble in the red zone. They don't know how to punch it in. Terrence West is not the answer. Mike Wallace is not the Dennis Pitt. I mean, they just they they really lack that red zone firepower that you need. You need to score touchdowns, especially against Pittsburgh. So I have a feeling that Baltimore is going to score a little bit, but they'll score field goals, and Pittsburgh is going to score touchdowns. So I actually have the Steelers winning 30-16. to 16 taking care of these Ravens in Baltimore. Ouch. I like that. I like that. Well, I think we both think the Panthers will probably take care of the Rams, so we could skip to a, a maybe a high-scoring affair of legendary teams where um, we'll see Johnny Unitas against Bart Starr. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's uh, Andrew Luck <laughs> against Aaron Rodgers. Ray, six and a half points is a lot for the Packers. Randall Cobb might not play. I do think the defense will get to Andrew Luck, and maybe he'll throw some INTs and get sacked, so maybe Packers' defense is a good fantasy play because Luck will get those yards. But um, I think the Packers win, but they don't cover that spread. So I think this will be a shootout. So I'm going to say like 30-27 to 27 Packers beat the Colts, and I think this is Jordy's day. Jordy, two touchdowns, eight catches, 95 yards. What about Devontae? Devontae do good because I think Montgomery and Cobb might not play. So, you know, Devontae going to do his thing. So, T.Y. is back. T.Y. should be back. And, all right. Well, these and Moncrief. Colts can put up points, but they also yeah. give up points. The <laughs> Packers are better on defense than the Colts, and I think that they'll be able to have enough of a, you know, a stop here, a stop there, where the Packers' offense – you know, this is going to be the first time that the Packers are going to have to score to win. So, so they'll be they tested. Need, no excuses. They've they got to do it. They'll be tested. they got to come out slinging. And in a way, losing his running game may, in a backdoor kind of way, help the Packers get back on track because it forces them to get that short, quick West Coast offense, quick slant, three-step drop, get it out of Aaron's hands, and – that will help get them rolling, and then when they get their running game back, when Starks and Lacey and everybody gets healthy, then towards the end of the season they'll be looking better. So in some ways they're forced to score. I think they will score, but just barely. And and like you, I think they'll barely beat. And I'll, I'll say uh, 28-27 Packers. Mm, I like that. I definitely like that. I'll go with well, Rodgers. Four touchdowns to four different receivers. Well, I like a couple of these other games, but let's just get to Sunday night so we can wrap up college in our segment. We got the Broncos going to the Raiders. This is for supremacy of the AFC West. The now, high flying offense. Would you have predicted that in Week Nine that six and two Denver would be playing six and two Oakland? We both thought Oakland would both be good, be but good. not six yeah, and two. Yeah, maybe both five and three. I, I, maybe I would have said five and three. Denver plays five and three. Oakland. How about that? If I'm being honest, but I'll say this: this is Sunday night. Get your popcorn ready. Must see TV for fantasy folks. Though I'll tell you this: I don't think I'm starting Derek Carr. Fantasy quarterbacks, even Matt Ryan, was a dud against the Broncos. Quarterbacks, fantasy, don't do good against the Broncos. That defense and secondary, even though the Raiders have a top three or four offensive line, 
with the pass rush and wears back with Miller, but the secondary as well, I just I just wouldn't do it. Now, maybe you take a risk on Simeon because the Raiders' defense is not so great, and maybe he has a better game. I don't know, but but I, I just would say stay away. I'm going to say this, though. This is a little bit of a shocker. I'm going to say that the Oakland Raiders get it done anyway. And even though they're a better road team, I think they're ready. They're young, and they're ready. They've been listening to Keith Sweat. They're hyped up for this game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think they find a way to win a difficult, difficult game where maybe if Seth Roberts gets into the end zone and wins it and they try to lock down Crabtree and Cooper, and maybe it's you know Murray who gets a screen pass and breaks it. But I think the Raiders find a way to win a close, close game. And I say spreads is just a half a point, right, Broncos favored. But I say the Raiders win 21-20. Last couple-minute touchdown drive, and they, they get into the end zone and, and come back and win. 21-20, Raiders beat the Broncos for AFC supremacy. Well, look, there's a couple things going for the Raiders in this game. Number one, the Broncos' offense is just not explosive. So Trevor Simeon is not running the Broncos up and down the field. He's scoring when he needs to, and he's finding oh, Emmanuel Sanders. This week. Yeah, so Devontae Booker is, is probably the key because Denver needs some explosiveness, and in order to do that, they need to contain – those linebackers in the middle with the running game so they can open it up for Thomas and Sanders on the outside. The Oakland Raiders committed 23 penalties last game and still won. So it leads me to believe (laughs) that this team is undisciplined. This team is not ready. Now, you know Denver's not going to beat themselves. So you actually have to play a pretty decent game to beat Denver. You know it'll be relatively low scoring because Denver is a you know, an excellent defensive team. They're not that explosive on offense, so it'll be a close game. But I don't think Oakland's ready. I don't think Oakland's ready to be seven and two in first place by themselves in the AFC West. So I think the Denver Broncos are going to show them who's the big kid on the block. Uh oh. Yeah, man. And the Denver Broncos win twenty-two sixteen. Big kids don't play. Oh, man. Okay. Let's get to college football, man. They decided to do the rankings on Tuesday like they always do. It's official. we got five more weeks of it. Real quick, the controversy, we'll roll through it. Alabama, Clemson, then Michigan, then Texas A&M. Washington, who you and I thought would be probably fourth, is fifth. Ohio State, sixth. Louisville, 7. Wisconsin, 8. Auburn, 9. Nebraska, 10. Then you get into the Floridas and the Penn States. LSU, Oklahoma is the first Big 12 team, and Colorado Pac-12 at 15. The two games we got this weekend, one at number 13, Bama at LSU. Ray, I think Fournette will get more carries than last time. I think he's got something to prove. He's averaging, what, 8.1 yards per attempt, uh, you know, per carry. I just don't think that that happens. This defense is one of Saban's best. We say that every year, but it just might be his actual best. Speed, strength, offensive line, I think 
he's got a nice quarterback. Ling will be able to open up things a little bit on the outside for LSU, the quarterback. But it's too much posse. But their defense is good, so Bama's not going to blow them out. I say Bama, at halftime, it's going to be like 10-10 or 13-10. 24-13, Alabama beats LSU. And your boy, Leonard Fournette, about 60, 70 yards. He does not get 100. That's what I got. All right, well, he's going to split time. I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to get 25, 30 carries, but he's certainly going to get more than he did last year. What was it, like 13, 15 carries for 31 yards last year? Yeah. He definitely got like, shut down. Yeah, and by the way, brutal. remember that Hurts, you're bringing him in to Baton Rouge at Death night. Valley. That's not easy. That is not easy. By the way, did you know that Carl Malone's son plays for LSU? No. LSU. Yeah, the mailman's son. I love it. No, his daughter yeah. plays in the WNBA. Wow. Hey, that's that super spur, man. You you would figure some of these guys from the '80s, their kids should be you know sparkling up. We're gonna see Shaq's kids soon, so especially a I big dude like it. Carl Malone, it doesn't oh, surprise you that his that son is playing football. His offensive yeah, line. I love it. Yeah. But I just think the Tide are too much. Uh, LSU, if they win this, could really salvage their season. Ed Orgeron could use a little uh, boost uh, for, for the for him, team, the franchise. Huge. But I just think Alabama's too tough. I, I don't think Alabama's going to really get contested until maybe the SEC championship or, or the first round of, the, of that uh, uh, 14 playoff. playoff. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, thought, I, like, I like Alabama. I mean, I think it'll be a close game. I think Leonard Fournette will do better than last time, but not as well as he's been doing recently. Not eight yards a carry. Not against this pro defense. So I like Alabama in a pretty close game. I'll say 20, low scoring, 20 to 16. Number six hosts number 10, Nebraska, and that's the Buckeyes against the Cornhuskers. Now, Nebraska, we've questioned them. They only have one loss, 7-1. I'm surprised they're number 10, though. I just don't think they've played a tough enough schedule. But they're there. I think Ohio State is going to be in a little bit of a slugfest, but their their dreams are still alive for something great, and I think they're not going to mess around like they did against Wisconsin and some of these other games that were close. And I think they pull away and put it on Nebraska. I think Barrett you know, spreads it out, does his Chris Paul point guard thing, and I think Armstrong from Nebraska tries to keep it close because he's special. The kid is kind of special. But I think Weber and I still go back to that Ohio State secondary. They will they will take one and they'll pick one off. And I think Ohio State at the end of the day, I'll say 28-20. Could be okay. 20-17, but I'll say 28-20. They beat Nebraska. I think Nebraska is an overrated 7-1. Ohio State is coming back to Columbus with a little chip on their shoulder. They chip, lost. Chip, chip, chip. They lost to Penn State and actually squeaked out a win against Northwestern. So <laughs> they're really they're struggling. It. They're not looking. They're good. struggling, but I'm sure they're getting it from Urban Meyer. 
Urban Meyer is giving them the business. business. And I don't know what it meant in terms of, you know, two-a-days, three-a-days, or maybe four-a-days, but no, NCAA rules will prohibit you from doing that. But uh, I think they're going to take care of business. I think they're actually going to win pretty easily. I think they go old-school Ohio State and put a beat down on the Cornhuskers. So I'm going to say Ohio State 33, Nebraska 20. Okay, one upset special before we close with our segment. I think Penn State is going down. I'm not a big Iowa fan, but I think that the Iowa – now, you know, I wish I could say Maryland would upset Michigan, but that's not happening. But I think Iowa finds a way, and they take care of Penn State, who I, I think they're going to be still too drunk off of that win. And think and smell themselves with their ranking, right? It was eight spots Tell higher me. than what the AP had them, right? It was a crazy high ranking. They're like, oh, going crazy. Everybody's like, oh, Penn State, we're gonna go to a big time bowl. No, Iowa wins 23-21 into the game field goal. The Hawkeyes, Iowa Hawkeyes, they take care and upstate upset Penn State. That's my upset pick. Really? Okay. You got one for me? You like Arkansas oh, wow. upset in Florida? I like that one, too. I'm going to go Auburn. Good game. I'm going to go even Uh-oh. bigger. You're on a big limb. Uh-oh. I'm going big. Tell me. You know, you got to go big or go home. Oh, go home. That's right. I'm going big. And here's my big-time upset. Uh-oh. Three and five, Mississippi State. I do it. Beats I'm... the number four Texas Aggies. How about them Why Aggies? Oh, Aggie, really? And they're going to recall how last two years they've been really good. And wow. granted, they haven't played so well. Their defense, which was a stalwart defense for the last two, three years, is actually terrible. They're giving up 30 a game. Mm-hmm. And Texas A&M can score. Texas A&M almost putting up 500 yards a game. But I'm going to say Mississippi State at home. They're able to run the ball, time of possession. They, they they shorten the game. They frustrate A&M. And now I know you love your boy Knight, the transfer from Oklahoma, <laughs> Trevor Knight. I think they pick him off Trevor. a couple times. Trevor, yeah, they pick him off yeah. a couple times. And they win at home. Close game, 23-21. Mississippi State. State takes down number four, throws the whole playoff up in arms. I love it. So, real quick, we were thinking about something fun, and we're talking about, you know, who's your favorite? Everybody likes to talk about their favorite. Oh, my favorite moment, my favorite player, my favorite team, my favorite this. And, you know, whether it's new or it's old in history, we just figured we would kind of find out who our favorites are, different things, just random. So, Ray, I want to ask you right now, Cubs just won the World Series, who is your favorite Chicago Cup player? And I'm not talking old school. I'm talking about the championship team. Who is your favorite guy, man? You know my favorite guy is Javier Baez. I love this guy. He's 20 years old. (laughs) He's awesome. He's going to be the next, now he had some ups and downs in the, in the playoffs. He committed yeah. three errors, and he's about as good a fielding second baseman as I've seen in a long time. Uh, maybe he's a little jittery, a little nerves. He can hit, he can run. He's really the five-tool athlete. I mean, he, he's going to be, 
he, he doesn't have the power, but I, I'm going to say he's going to be like a Robinson Cano type, but you build a franchise around this guy. I, I love him. That's why they got rid of Starlin Castro and, and just haven't looked back. Javier Baez, that's my boy right there. Okay. So let me spin it on you. Let me change right. sports a little bit. Let me ask you, the Chicago Bulls right now, are hosting the New wow. York Knickerbockers. Okay. Now, obviously, Michael Jordan would be would be an easy pick all time. But of this current Bulls team, you know they're like a a piece together team. Who's your guy on the Bulls? Who's the most important guy? Who catches your fancy? Wow, you know, it's obvious and easy to say Butler or Wade, but I'm gonna say somebody that is going to put them over the hump to make them, you know, top four, top five seed and make them dangerous in the playoffs. And it's Bobby Portis. He was the Arkansas leading Arkansas's scorer. favorite, yeah. SEC player of the year when all those guys were there, Kentucky. Bobby Portis can play a very little bit of a big three, but mainly he's a four. He's going to come off the bench. You know, but he is going to be a scoring machine for them. And I think Bobby Portis is going to be the cat that is going to be, you know, battling for most improved. He'll start to average double figures a game, and he will be later in the season, he'll be one of their go-to guys to help them get that front court scoring. So I think that's that's going to be the guy to check out. So, listen, it was a great show. The tip-off is now. Enjoy the Knicks and Bulls. Great sports weekend. Ray's got the huge upset of number four, Texas A&M. I think Florida's going to go down. I think Penn State's going down. So I got some big upsets, too, from 10 and 12. And uh, what do you, what's your big upset in the NFL? The Lions, right? I like Detroit. that, Lions. Detroit. <laughs> And I got Nick Foles housing uh, your boy's job, like Kaepernick house Alex Smith job. And now I'm not going to say the Cleveland Browns will beat your Cowboys. The Cowboys nah, keep rolling. The Dak and Ezekiel trade keeps rolling. They keep rolling, right? They keep rolling. So I think I think it's going to be a fun NFL weekend. Enjoy it, everybody. You know, be safe out there and uh, just have fun and enjoy some sports. Enjoy some sports. Let's go next. Let's hope the Knicks uh, get it going. And maybe the Mavericks get a win this weekend. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening and always talking sports with us. You know, We're out. Have a great sports weekend. See you on Monday. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.